Calvary Baptist Church podcast, where we share weekly sermons from our church services. We're so glad you've decided to join us today. We are a multi-generational family church located in the heart of Little Rock. Calvary's mission is to glorify God by making disciples who make disciples. Whether you've long been part of our church family or are tuning in for the first time, we hope our podcast provides the same kind of welcoming space you'd find here on Sunday mornings. Most of all, we hope this space helps you engage God's Word and grow in your faith. Well, as we continue to abide in Him, I want to invite you to turn in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 20. And Exodus 20 is back in the Ten Commandments. Some of you who've been around here know that we've been studying the book of Exodus ever since uh, September. And we've made our way to Exodus 20, and we've slowed way down because we're now going through the Ten Commandments one at a time. We took a little break. We should have taken a, a little break for Palm Sunday. And then last week, Easter Sunday or Resurrection Sunday. But today we're picking back up with the Ten Commandments, and we're now on the very last commandment. And we'll find that commandment in Exodus chapter 20, verse 17. And so here it is, the 10th and final commandment. It says, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male or female servant, his ox or donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. So this is the final commandment. Do not covet. Now, covetousness is what we would call a very unique commandment because it has to do with the inner thought life or inner beliefs, inner behavior, not outward behavior. And because of that, it would be very hard for a judge or a jury to convict somebody of breaking the commandment, do not covet. But we know that our God doesn't look on outward appearance, he looks at the heart. And this is a heart issue. And God is very capable of judging the heart and he does judge the heart. He judges our thoughts, he judges our intentions. And so it's a very important and serious commandment. It's something that we need to pay very, very close attention to. In fact, we know that um, if we break this commandment in our hearts, it's very probable that eventually we're going to begin to break other commandments. If we're coveting our neighbor's possession, it very easily could lead to breaking the eighth commandment. Thou shall not steal. If we're coveting our neighbor's wife or spouse, it could lead to breaking the seventh commandment, thou shall not commit adultery. And in fact, in, if you look at Colossians chapter 3, verse 5, it says this, Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire and covetousness. There it is. And covetousness. And then it says, which is idolatry. 
So if you break the 10th commandment and you covet, you're also breaking the first commandment, have no other gods before me, and the second commandment, have no idols. So essentially, although we can't judge whether somebody is breaking this 10th commandment, God can judge it, but we will eventually see the fruit of that sin. The Bible says, Jesus says, that sin begins in the heart. And if our hearts are not pure and right, then eventually our actions will not be pure and right. And so this is a very serious sin, and we need to take it very seriously. In fact, if you look at Romans 1, verse 29, listen to the, the, this list of very egregious sins. It says, they were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, and malice. And then it continues, they were full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and maliciousness. Covetousness is listed among some of the most egregious sins in all of the Bible. This sin is serious. This sin matters a lot to God. And it should matter a lot to us. Well, let's ask ourselves, is there a way we can kind of check our thoughts? Kind of do a heart checkup, if you will. Well, actually there is, by just thinking about some of our thoughts, or maybe even our words. This text in Exodus 20, verse 17 says, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. Some translations will say household. And it really, we know from the context, it, it really is mentioning and including all of your household possessions. Man, they sure have a lot of nice stuff. I'm so tired of living in this neighborhood. Why can't I live in their neighborhood? You shall not covet your neighbor's wife. Or we could extend that to say spouse. Wow, she is so beautiful. What a lucky guy her husband is. Goodness gracious, how good looking can he get? And so successful too. What would it be like to be married to him? You shall not covet anything that belongs to your neighbor. Look at that car. If only I had a car like that. It's not fair. They get to do all of these nice vacations. And I can't even afford to go to the Little Rock Zoo. Why can't my kids be as well behaved as their kids? If only I looked more like her. If only I had a job like him. Look at their lives. They are so comfortable and easy. And my life is so hard. We can check our thoughts. And if we check our thoughts, we're checking our inner attitudes. And if we're checking our inner attitudes, we're checking our heart. And if our thoughts are like these thoughts, we very probably have an issue with covetousness a serious issue that we need to take seriously. Now, there's nothing wrong. This is a quote from a guy named Kevin DeYoung, a pastor, and he wrote a book called The Ten Commandments. 
And he says this in his chapter on covetousness. He says, now there is nothing wrong in noticing what other people have, but most of us don't stop and notice so that we can give thanks to God for his blessings to others. We notice and then we stop being thankful for all that God has given to us. That's what happens. It's a serious sin issue, a serious problem that we need to take seriously. As we think about covetousness, we need to pay attention to some of coveting's close cousins, if you will. These are the cousins that we are warned to avoid. You ever have those type of cousins at Christmas vacation or Thanksgiving family gatherings, the, the cousins your parents warn you about, say, all right, you can't, you can't hang out with these folks because. Well, here's some close cousins to covetousness. Envy, jealousy, greed, lust, discontentment. Bad company to hang out with. Let me just define them real quick. Envy, a painful awareness of another's possessions or advantages and a desire to have them too. Jealousy, hostility towards someone believed to enjoy an advantage. Greed, a selfish and excessive desire for more of something than is needed. Lust, an intense or unbridled desire for something or someone. Discontentment, a lack of satisfaction with one's possessions, status, or situation. All of these are close cousins of covetousness and it's bad company to keep. Covetousness is a very serious sin that we as God's people need to take Seriously. You know, as you read the Bible, you'll see a lot of examples of covetousness that ends in disaster. Let me just give you a few examples here. First of all, in Genesis, you read about a man named Lot. Lot was Abraham's nephew, and they had moved to the promised land as a family, and uh, they were prospering so much that it was time for Lot and Abraham to kind of separate their families and all of their possessions. And so Abraham let Lot choose where he wanted to move. He could choose the part of the land that he wanted and he chose a very beautiful and fertile valley and two cities that were in that valley were named Sodom and Gomorrah. And he moved there and if you remember the story, it had disastrous consequences. And ultimately, Lot was lucky to get out of Sodom and Gomorrah with his own life, and it did cost him the life of his wife and great damage and destruction to his daughters and his family. Started really with covetousness, choosing a part of the land that really some would say wasn't even part of the promised land. And then it led to disastrous consequences. Think about another guy named Achan, Joshua chapter seven. 
when Joshua is leading God's people into the promised land. First battle is Jericho. And after they conquer Jericho, God told the people, do not take anything with you. None of the silver, none of the gold, all of it is to be avoided. You cannot keep anything. All of it is taboo. One man named Achan, however, could not resist. He found some, some items, silver and gold. He buried them underneath his tent, and suddenly it was disastrous for the community of Israel. They lost the next battle. They figured out somebody had been disobedient. They eventually discerned it was Achan, and he confessed, and it cost him his life. Disastrous consequences. All of this starts with covetousness. Another character, Ahab. We've talked about King Ahab. Coveted a man named Naboth's vineyard. Desperately wanted it. Told his wife, the wicked queen Jezebel, about it. She came up with a plan that he was in on. They end up having uh, Naboth falsely accused He's then executed for a crime he did not commit. Then they steal his vineyard. And then God judged both Ahab and Jezebel with death. Disastrous consequences for covetousness. We've talked about David with many of the Ten Commandments. David did what? He coveted another man's wife, his neighbor's wife, Bathsheba. Uriah's wife. And that covetousness eventually led to lust, which eventually led to committing adultery. She gets pregnant. He tries to cover it up. And eventually it leads to the murder of Uriah. Disastrous consequences for David. And then there's one more I'd like to mention. It's in the New Testament. Jesus in Mark 10 meets a guy that we simply call the rich young ruler. And in Mark 10, we see the story, I think it's a very interesting story, where this man, a Jewish man, asked Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Just listen to what Jesus says to him. He says, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. And then he gives him his answer. You know the commandments. So Jesus is going to start taking this rich man through the Ten Commandments that were really focused on loving your neighbor. Listen to the ones he mentions. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. That's the sixth commandment. You shall not commit adultery. The seventh commandment. You shall not steal. That's the eighth commandment. You shall not give false testimony. That's the ninth commandment. And then he says, you shall not defraud. Probably an allusion to the tenth commandment. And then he says, honor your father and mother. That's the fifth commandment. All of them are what we would call the commandments that are dealing with loving one's neighbor. He says, so you know the commandments, keep the commandments. Teacher, he declared, all of these I have kept, kept since I was a boy. And then Jesus looked at him and loved him. What that means is that he was going to tell him something that he really didn't want to hear but needed to hear. Sometimes love has to operate that way. 
You tell someone what they need to hear, even though it's not what they want to hear. Jesus loved him, and he said, one thing you lack. Go sell everything you have and give it to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. And then come follow me. As we think about covetousness, we're thinking about possessions. And as we think about possessions, we're thinking about money and materialism. And we need to realize that this can be a tremendous danger for the sin of covetousness. And that was the man's problem. And he went away, it says, sad. His face fell, he went away sad because he had great wealth. So is this your problem? Is this my problem? Is this our problem? Well, we really can ask ourselves a couple of questions. And we should ask ourselves a couple of questions. Here they are. Ask them to yourself right now. Do I wish I had what others have or something that someone else has? Do I wish I had what others have? And then a second question is, am I preoccupied with accumulating more stuff? Or another way to say that in a, in a different way is, am I preoccupied in keeping the stuff I have? That was the problem of the rich young ruler. And at its root, if you answer these questions in the affirmative, you've got an issue with covetousness, which means you have a heart problem. And if you have a heart problem, you need to go see a cardiologist. And you might need to have heart surgery, or at least you might need to get on some cholesterol meds. Some of us have a spiritual heart problem, and we need to deal with it. What will the doctor prescribe? What is the antidote for covetousness? There's three things I want to just give you this morning. The first one is contentment. Contentment is what God desires. And contentment is one of the things that is lacking when people covet their neighbor's possessions or family. I love what Paul says about contentment in 1 Timothy. If you'll turn to 1 Timothy, we'll see in chapter 6 a very powerful verse in chapter 6, verse 6. It says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. Just comes out and says it plainly. Godliness with contentment is great gain. This is what God desires for you, what you need to gain for yourself and desire for yourself. And he continues to talk about things as we go through 1 Timothy 6, this topic of contentment and godliness, and he begins to talk about money. This is the passage in verse 10 of 1 Timothy 6. He says, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. He doesn't say that money is evil. Money is kind of a neutral. But he says the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, meaning it will lead to all kinds 
of evil. He says, some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. When you and I become discontent, when you and I begin to focus on the wrong things like possessions or money or materialism, we're not where God wants us to be. And he continues to tell us here that there is a, 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 another thing, another antidote for covetousness that we need to pay attention to. And in 1 Timothy 6, he goes on in verse 17 and he says, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, not to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. And then he says, command them to do good, to be rich in good deeds, and to be generous and willing to share. That's a second antidote for covetousness. Not only be content, but be generous. Be willing to share what you have with others. And if you're struggling with this inner attitude of covetousness, and some of those thoughts that you know are not godly thoughts, wrong thoughts that are wrong, things about your neighbor's possessions or accomplishments, or even your neighbor's spouse, if you're having those type of thoughts, what we're told here, especially with the possessions, you're, you're, the antidote is to be generous. I've heard it said this way, when we, when we think about possessions, Think about holding your possessions like this. This is the way the people of God are supposed to hold their possessions, with open hands. You and I need to remember our possessions have been entrusted to us. We're stewards. And when you have open hands, it's very different than this, isn't it? This says these are mine and these are for me and they're not for you. This says these are mine that have been entrusted to me by God and they're meant to be shared with you if you need them. Generosity is one of the greatest antidotes to covetousness. And if you're generous, you won't covet the wrong things. God puts a very high value on generosity. A third antidote for covetousness is really making God the passionate pursuit of your life and then trusting him to take care of all of your physical and material needs. I love what, what Jesus says in his Sermon on the, on the Mount. Matthew 6, he's talking about not worrying about daily needs, about material things. And basically, he tells us in this passage, this section, it's also connected to storing up treasures in heaven and not on earth. 
And ultimately he says, this is where he says, you cannot serve two masters. Either you'll hate the one and love the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money or God and material possessions. You've got to choose. And then Jesus says, I'm going to tell you what you need to choose. You need to choose God. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you. Make God the passionate pursuit of your life and your heart, and then trust him to take care of all of your needs. If you do that, you'll be living with open hands, and you'll be desiring to share and to serve others and to bless others with what you have, and you won't be desiring what they have which is covetousness. As the holy people of God, we need to understand that the 10th commandment is serious. Covetousness is a serious sin and we need to take it seriously. And as the holy people of God, if we will look at the word of God and apply these antidotes, Learn to be content, learn to be generous and make God the passionate pursuit of our lives, trusting him for all of our physical needs, all of our material needs, then we won't covet. And that matters a lot to a holy people following a holy God. Let's pray. Thank you for listening to the Calvary Baptist Church podcast. If you don't already have a church home, we invite you to join us in person each Sunday morning. Our contemporary worship service is at 9 a.m. and our traditional service is at 11.15. For more information, be sure to check out our website, cbclr.org.